Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 167 of the show. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. What's going on? Another exciting week in the World Cup scene. Um, Four extremely crazy games. We saw two go to pens. We saw some favorites go home, and we saw some some underdog stories continue on. Um, Morocco making... Uh, history being the first African nation to make a World Cup semifinal, going up against their colonizers in France now, and then uh, Messi. Messi continues on just barely. I saw there was some discussion about that ref for that match going home early, and he has um, getting his way. I think he gave out like 15 cars or something in that game. Yep. But uh, we'll break it all down. Really exciting stuff. Um, as of recording, the Argentina-Croatia match is later on in the day, so we'll touch on that later in the week once we get there. But right now, what are we thinking, Evan? Who's who's looking like a good team? I mean, I think Argentina are probably still like my favorite to go through. I, I'm obviously a huge—I love France as well, and it's been just truly so— fantastic to watch Giroud perform the way he has uh, this World Cup. I mean, what an underrated player. One of the most underrated players, I think, probably of our generation. Even even underrated by me, I think, during his time at Arsenal, just because those were some really slim years outside of 2015. Um, that's been amazing. But I do think straight up, uh, Argentina are the best team at this tournament. They're not even playing to their full potential, and they've still been able to just... Grind it out, um, getting goals from all over the place. Their first goal against uh, the Netherlands was from their right back, Molina. Uh, and then Messi, of course, scored the pen, and they won in, in penalties. It was just it's just a master class. Defensively, they haven't been great. They let two goals up there at the end um, to the Netherlands. Fucking Wout scoring in the 83rd and uh, like the 101st. It was stoppage time uh, to send it to, to extra time, but... Yeah, I think Argentina are the team that looked the best. Morocco, I still think, are... It's great. You know, I'm really happy that an African nation uh, has made it this far. It's good for the game, and it's good for world football, no doubt about it. But when you look at their team on paper and look at their team, the way that they play, it's just like they're going to be so outmatched by France. It's not even funny. That Portugal team is just not as good. Uh, they were not as good as everybody, I think, expected them to be. Ronaldo, a total shell of himself. Really, everything came down to Fernandez. So I think France are going to outmatch Morocco, and I think Argentina get the result today against a Croatia team who just played truly terroristic football. Yeah, so I guess let's touch a little more on how Argentina got here there. Um, big 2-1 win over Australia, did what everybody thought. And then they came into this game as the favorites against the Dutch. People thought they would have a little bit easier of a time. And it seemed like they did the first half. They were in total control for a bit. Uh, Molina, as you mentioned, going into the half 1-0. And then Messi with a, a penalty there beats beats the six foot eight goalkeeper. Um, I would think stepping up to the spot, it's pretty intimidating to see how big that guy is. He just covers the whole goal. He said his wingspan was like seven three, seven yeah, foot three huge. inches. He's like a power forward. Yeah, but right after that goal, uh, Van Hall and the Dutch kind of turned it up a notch. We saw for the first time them playing with full urgency and really just 
playing Route One football. They have the size. They put De Jong and and as you mentioned, Vaghorst on for Depay and and Bergwijn. So they put their big men up there. Van Dijk and Ake are just dumping balls over the top, and the the Argentina team couldn't do anything to stop them. It was chance after chance. The 83rd, you mentioned, Valt got the first on a great header there. And then that set-piece goal for me was just well a well-oiled um, machine, a well, well-practiced play, just a short pass to Veghorst, and he just stiff-arms the defender. Can't reach the ball, and he just dribbles it in past Martinez, who I think in regulation had maybe no saves and had two goals against, so that just shows the amount of times the Dutch were in the attack. So from the, I, I saw that bet that you that uh, somebody put in the chat of uh, they had Morocco to, or Croatia to win in yeah. pens yeah. and and uh, the two one win for Argentina that's that's heartbreaking, yeah. but yeah when you go never went for me nothing ever happens in extra time T- legs are tired yep you could see the Dutch change their tactics they weren't as urgent because they weren't chasing the game it was level playing ground and. You could see that people were being very conservative on the ball at times, but Argentina had a little bit more of the chances again. And then we go to penalties, and anything can happen in penalties. And yeah. it, it seems like in every shootout this year, it, it hasn't been a clear-cut um, chalk one where everybody makes it and there's one miss. So goalkeepers have been really playing big for their teams. And in this match, we saw Martinez make two huge saves to... Give the give the Argentinians time to have the psychological advantage. Even though the the Dutch won the two coin flips, picking the side and getting the ball. I guess before you talk about the the game, the penalties and that, what do you what do you what's your stance on the double coin flip? Should there be two coin flips or should it just be the one and you pick whatever? I I mean I I kind of don't hate the double coin flip. You're getting to like I'm a I'm not a fan of the coin flip mechanic in general just because it truly comes down all to luck. Um, and I think do you that, think it should be more based on what happens in the ninety minutes? They should base it off of like overall possession chances and play. Yeah, I do, but like obviously that's never gonna happen. I have the same feeling in the in the NFL. Like the coin flip is just such bullshit in overtime, and it's it's never gonna change. But I do think like. Basing it on who was the better team, giving them an an advantage or an upper hand, I think is a bit more fair. Um, that's probably a hot take. I don't think anybody really would agree with that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't hate the double coin flip. I don't really see. I don't. I don't see any issues with it. Yeah. Plus, Argentina puts Messi up first, and he makes his again. Yep. Um, people starting to have the take of. Your best shooter should go first, specifically your captain to lead by example. Um, it's always better for the team if that first one goes in. It just starts off the the whole thing on a good foot. Plus, Martinez following at the first save. So um, they open the door a little bit to the Dutch there to come back, but Martinez steps up for that fifth and final one and buries it. And you saw Messi immediately run towards Martinez, just like he did in the Copa America last summer, where Martinez saved them in the penalty shootout against um, Brazil. So it's, it's a reoccurring story here with, with how they win these close games. But now they step up to Croatia, who beat Brazil also in penalties. This one was a little more in Brazil's favor. Just the, the whole game, you saw the Samba football. Didn't come in until extra time where Neymar scored in the yeah. first extra time period. 
a great goal, great play from them overall. He's he's tied now with Pele overall, um, with total goals for Brazil. But they just the tactics. I don't know. I th- I think TT, the manager for Brazil, was making that change in the second extra time period, yeah. where they were they were tr- he wanted them to play more defensive and and stand back and just hold it in. And you saw a majority of the attacking players not following the directions and we're still trying to stay high and get another goal. So I don't know whether that comes down to ego or not, not wanting to stick with the plan or not being able to, but it opened the door for Croatia there at the end of turnover and a quick transition. And they banged in the equalizer with three minutes left. And now you're in a situation where it's anybody's game really. Um, And you go to penalties and Neymar didn't even step up. He was going to go fifth or fourth. Yeah. Or he was going to go fifth. And then I've always thought Alisson isn't the best penalty no, kick he's, he's guy. Not. He's not. That's just that's just not who he is, and that's that's fair. Not every goalkeeper has to be a good penalty kick specialist. So he did he did get the one save, but it, it's just uh, or no, did he not? No, he didn't make no, a save. No but chance. there was he guessed a couple of the right directions. It was just that Croatia put him in the perfect spot to where the goalkeeper could get there and. You, you, once again, a substitute comes in and, and uh, Rodrigo misses one and then Marquinhos off the post. It's just really sad to see. It broke a lot of people's hearts, uh, ruined a lot of people's bets, but um, and, it also, and it also ruined a, a matchup that I think everybody wanted to see in Brazil-Argentina. So, do you what do you think about Croatia here and their overall performance? They they they, they got to the final in 2018, and now they're back in the semifinals again. This is a country of only uh, with a population of four million people, and they're still just churning out results. They're they're creating good players and a good culture there, and it's working in multiple tournaments now, also in the Euros as well. Yeah, I mean it. I said like Croatia kind of play like terroristic football that really is what it is like they are just they are menaces in the penalty shootouts this Levakovic guy is is a f- absolute fucking goblin he is up for the golden glove uh, he should he should just win the golden glove like straight up i i don't think that there's been a better keeper in this tournament <laughs> like there's no question about it to me um he is unreal he's so good he's really good in penalties but he's also been fantastic in open play um and they just they rely so much on really Guardiol and and Levakovic and those guys have both been really good. Uh, yeah. Guardiol I think is is gonna get a huge move. I know Chelsea are looking at him. I think it's it's totally uh, something that he should be on everybody's radar. He's really really good. Um, and Levakovic has just kind of saved them in all the different spots. Perisic I think has been their player of the tournament, maybe outside of Modric and Levakovic as well. Um, the midfield is just so technically sound. They're really good. Modric rarely misses a target. Uh, Brozovic has been good dropping back, and I think Kovacic has really done a great job in this tournament as well. So it, it's tough, man. It's really tough if you're Brazil, who have who have played just like lights out, attacking offensive football, t- keeping their foot on the gas at every single moment. But that's actually what killed them in the game. And not listening to Chiche's directions and get, and getting them back, uh, and or fo- following his directions and at least trying to defend the ball a little bit better, even in the midfield, is just 
That's why they lost this game. It, that quick turnover because they were still worried about going forward. And then the, the concession there to Petkovic lost them the game. They have to know that Croatia have been sick in penalties. They're good. You don't want to go to penalties. I don't understand why you wouldn't put 11 players behind the ball and tell them if you have to foul, foul, go for it, send it. It's just, it's so foolish, man. And honestly, I'm glad Croatia won because they just, Brazil fumbled it. They totally lost it. You cannot score in, you know, just extra time like Neymar did. A great goal, by the way. And then let up another one. It's just really bad. It's it's complete incompetence from the, the Brazilian attack. Not wanting to listen to their manager. And when that shit happens, I hope I hope you have to pay the price. And they totally did. Yeah, and you could also say that this was their first major test we saw with yes. Argentina in the previous match. They they had that opening loss to Saudi Arabia, and that was a big eye opener for the whole team, knowing that every match is different and respect your opponent and just come out ready to ball out. And we've seen them turn up ever since, haven't lost yet. And then Brazil, you saw them kind of coast through the group stage. They got uh, those those convincing wins against Switzerland and and um, Serbia. And then once they knew they were in, they just put the B team out for Cameroon. And that one really didn't matter to them. So, And then the South Korea game, they absolutely blew them out of the water. And... They came into this game thinking probably the same. They were just going to run teams like this up. And throughout the qualify the qualification period and the years in between, Brazil can't really schedule any games against European nations like this in friendlies due to the European schedule and how it differs from the South American. And you have to consider the club seasons too. So they don't really have a, a lot of opportunities to play teams like Croatia that are very robust and tactically um abusive against teams like this they just break up the play a lot and slow things down and brazil just couldn't cope so this is the result croatia moves on deservedly and they go up against a, a much similar team in argentina that is well battle tested now and should be a, a better matchup if you think about it so yep. that's the one semifinal now today as of on december 13th and the match tomorrow will be between france and morocco um, how they both those teams got here. France got a 2-1 win over England. Um, this was the favorited result, but the way the game played, it, England kind of, you would think, kind of deserved it a little bit more yeah. at times. France were a lot more chippier. They were breaking up the play a lot more. They were fouling England players much more. Saka, in particular, was getting targeted. Saka was immense <laughs> yeah. on that right. But the scoring opened in the 17th minute off a counterattack from France with uh, Shuameni getting a strike from outside the box, Pogba-esque. I know you said that uh, Pogba uh, was weeping. Pogba wishes he could fucking do that in the World Cup quarter. Yeah, that was that was a Pogba range right there for him. And Shuameni, a young center mid there from Real Madrid, um, stepping up to the plate. But in the 54th minute, gives up the penalty. Foul Saka, Kane steps up. Buries it on his club teammate in Lloris, who hasn't really had to do too much in the tournament until this game. And then in the 78th minute, that man Giroud gets his fourth of the tournament, uh, smashes it in the goal off a nice cross and headed it in the near post, deflected off Maguire, but can't really blame him. He had a good to tournament overall. Yeah, he did. And then uh, a few minutes later, we saw another penalty given to England. Mason Mount comes in. 
Uh, Theo Hernandez just rams right into his back shoulder and then the in between the shoulder blades and it goes down not initially given even though it was a clear penalty to, to most of the audience uh, ref goes to VAR takes his time and then eventually gives the penalty I think that kind of got into Kane's head a little bit before he stepped up yeah you could see his routine into going into the shot was a little bit different uh, with the socks re- replacing the ball and at the last second, he saw Larice dive a little bit. He made movement to where he was going to kick, where exactly where he scored the first one, and he he skied the bar by a couple feet. And that all the play after that was you could see from the English players a lot more fouls, a lot more um, urgency on the ball, more route one. Didn't really have any chances, and then uh, McGuire ends a free kick in the hundredth minute. Rashford steps up and just a few inches off from scoring to equalize and could have changed up the whole landscape of the game, putting in an extra time. But uh, at the end of the day, France advances and Mbappe still with five goals leading the tournament. Uh, Messi on four now. Griezmann, though, I felt like was extremely well for France here. He got, I think he had one assist here, two assists. Um, He's been absolutely phenomenal as a facilitator in this tournament, but. France move on. They keep their title defending hopes alive, trying to be the first team to defend their titles since 1962 with Brazil. Um, What did you think of this game overall and performances from both sides? I mean, I I thought there was just more goals in this game. Honestly, I really did. The play was extremely open. France did a good job of breaking things up. Um, But I I do think the, the pitch was just very open. Both teams knocked the ball around really well. England actually better than France, in my opinion. Um, They were just very measured. uh, And I thought England would have a couple of more chances and they, they just really didn't. It's a, it's tough that, that Saka got targeted as, as hard as he did, because we know the moments of individual brilliance that he's capable of providing uh, and he was just physically a bit outmatched. Obviously, there were fouls, but um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough there because you know that he's going to be able to give you something if he's not getting constantly mangled uh, around the 18, but he did all game. So uh, it, he finally got the call on the first one, the 54th. Kane buried that one, but that second penalty, man, it's so tough not only for the same kicker to go against the same keeper for the second time in regulation, but to have a break of play that long. This has happened in this tournament more than I can ever imagine because of, you know, the addition of VAR. I think VAR's been good. They've made the right decisions in this tournament, but the weight that you have to have before the kick is egregious it puts the kicker at such a disadvantage it allows the the keeper to just sit there on his line and stare at you and move and and jostle himself and make himself look bigger and Kane to have to go against Lloris again who I'm sure he's taken a thousand penalties against but the kicker is at such a disadvantage there has to be a way for it you know if you think there's a potential handball I, I said this to somebody the other day if you think there's a potential handball or foul in the box, give the penalty, take the penalty immediately, then go to VAR. If it counts, it counts. If it doesn't count, the goal's ruled out, and it's over. You move on back into open play. I think it's more fair for both both sides. 
because the kicker is at just like such an unreal disadvantage. We've seen so many missed penalties from players that don't miss penalties. Kane is like the number one penalty taker, I think, in world football at this point in terms of conversion rate for the amount of time that he's played. And that's that's just so uncharacteristic of him. And I don't think that happens if there isn't a fucking seven minute wait between when the foul is called and the ball is kicked. And yeah. that, like, I, I don't know if other people would agree with that. I know it's doesn't really fit into how VAR works, but it real like it really did could it did cost them their their chance at the semis. Yeah, I think that falls on the referee or the, the linesman not initially calling the right, penalty. Right. Yeah, having, absolutely. Like, as you mentioned, taking the extra minutes and time to look at it. And even after the foul was given, he, the ref wasn't going to give the defender a card. And Hernandez, right. uh, you, you had to get Mount and and um, another player to step up to him and tell him that he needs to be booked. Like, it's it's a scoring opportunity. They, they believed he should have gotten sent off, and I think he should have, but... I don't think the ref wanted to look like an idiot there. Um, not initially giving the call and then also not giving him a sending off that was just would have made him look really bad in that situation, I guess, for himself. But once again, England get get uh, get, get lose on, on a penalty situation in the World Cup again. And now they have to go home and, and regroup for the Euros in two years. So we'll see if Southgate continues on. I think he... He deserves it. I think they've 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 played well in this entire tournament, scoring the most goals. They played really well. They contained Mbappe to the best of their abilities, didn't allow him to score or even have as many chances as people thought he would. So it's sad for them, but France can continue. And now they're gonna play Morocco, who I think the world that predicted Morocco to get this far in his predictions. His final, if you guys don't know, was Originally Cameroon versus Morocco, um, so that's crazy to think about that he picked that. He also had Qatar beating England in the round of sixteen. I saw, so he's an absolute psychopath. But Morocco get a one nil win over Portugal. We didn't need extra time or penalties here. And Nazari, I believe, scored the lone goal in the forty second minute. Cross whipped in. He out jumped the goalkeeper even with the reach which was crazy, and smashes it in the back of the net going into the half, and Portugal from there on were chasing. This was, game was no different than Spain in possessions, and and the, the passes, just literally about the same 75% possession. Um, Portugal tripling Morocco's passes. This was a Morocco team that even had a lot of uh, injuries to their lineup. They had guys that got hurt. You had a leader in Romain Saiz have to come out. Um, Ziyech came out as well. Buffal had a good game there, left wing. Uh, Amrabat in the center mid at 35 is running the midfield for them, doing the best he can. Uh, Mazawari, uh, guy you've seen a lot this tournament and liked from Bayern, wasn't able to play in this game. So they were really handicapped, and they still got the job done. Goalkeeper Bono is another guy up for Golden Glove. He's yeah. been really great. He had the 3-0 shutout against Spain in the Pens. And this is a emotional moment for for not just Morocco, but all African nations. And you've seen some of those Middle Eastern teams; they're all rallying around Morocco to keep pushing on. That's the closest thing they have to their team making it. Uh, and it's nice to see everybody get behind the underdog in these games. Ronaldo didn't start for Portugal. They went again with with uh, 
Ramos, the man that scored the hat trick, couldn't get one here. Um, Bruno Fernandez did the best he can. Same with Joao Felix, Bernardo Silva. Ronaldo came off the bench, didn't have a major impact. Uh, you saw Pepe was the captain initially when Ronaldo came on. He gave the R-band to Ronaldo. If that made any difference to the game, I don't think so. But just for a vanity standpoint, what did you think about everything that happened in here? And, and then the, the post-match uh, camera pan to Ronaldo. Morocco fucking stink. They are not good. And I don't think Portugal are good either. I'm happy for Morocco. It's great that an African team advanced. But they fucking stink. They had 26% possession. They had that one goal from end of series. It was a good goal, by the way. That was a nine. He was up like nine feet in the air, apparently, which is higher than, um, what's his name? Higher than Ronaldo's jump on that his famous header. So, cool goal, great. But Portugal knocked so much in the second half. They had three shots on target. I'm pretty sure all of them came uh, in that last half. Ronaldo had a chance. Chao Felix had a chance. Fernandez had a chance. Like, all really good chances that probably should have gone in, but they didn't. And Morocco win 1-0. Super cheesy win here. Like, just the worst FIFA stat line bullshit you can ever imagine. And that's how I felt the whole game. They're going to get blown the fuck out by, by France. I hope France score 16 goals because... They're robbing us of potential Messi-Ronaldo final in which I get to see Messi bury Ronaldo finally, actually put him six feet under. Nobody ever talks about him again, tight beat, and we're not going to be able to have that now. Um, And I'm upset about it. I don't know, man. I I guess Ronaldo's done anyway, but I would have liked to see, you know, the my, my childhood idol, my favorite player ever, Lionel Messi, do it to him. And now we don't get to see that. So it was good to see Ronaldo crying. Uh, he has ruined his career. And I didn't always hate Ronaldo like I hate him now. But I definitely do hate him now. I think he's a complete... Over the last two years. He's a cocksucker. He really is an asshole. Um, and and to ruin your legacy and your, your whole... Really, the, um, the respect that you get from... The outside football world, not just the the Pinaldo fan accounts on Twitter, is just truly disgusting. I, I haven't seen really an, another figure in sports do that to themselves in my lifetime. And he has truly ruined his legacy. I know some people won't agree, but I, I personally think that he's, he's completely alienated himself. Um, I do truly hope that he lives out his days in a mansion in Dubai alone playing for Al Nasser or whoever the fuck gonna pay him the money he doesn't deserve. Yeah, I will say going off that another player, not to that extent, but had attitude issues that recently came out of the camp as Gia Reyna. Apparently reports were coming out that the the coaches the coaching staff initially before the tournament started, told him his role and how limited it was going to be. He didn't like it and wasn't training to the best of his ability and was being a bit of an issue in camps with his attitude. And he's come out and apologized to his team 
and teammates for doing that. So um, he's only 20 years old. Ronaldo's 37 now, but I think Gio realistically has another three or four World Cups in him. I think with the team we had and the style we were playing, I don't think we've kind of done much more, even if he played in every game. But just having that mindset as a young player, I don't think with the sense of entitlement in a way, I don't think he can. You can do that. Um, you shouldn't even be acting like that because there's players that deserve to be in that 26 man roster that weren't taken due to reports of being some players having clicks in there, being friends with others more than some of the other guys that didn't fully speak English. And I think Pfaff and uh, one other player weren't too close to anybody on the team. So that might be another reason why certain guys weren't picked. But you should never act like a scumbag in the camp because you're representing your country and you're also representing those that you got picked over. So um, that's just a little side note there. I agree with your thing on Ronaldo. It's it's, uh, it's upsetting to see the, the downfall of a legend in the game. Um but his his role was limited here as the tournament went on, and you could see when he didn't play, they did better. But um, I will say for Morocco and and underdogs in in tournaments, the best team does not always win in these games. It's it's never going to be. It's not always going to be the team that plays better or looks the plate or has the better quality. It's just who can dig in deeper, who can break up the things, get more get their moments, and take momentum as it comes, and just. It's a game of luck and chances, and that's why it's the beautiful game because you have no idea what could happen. And right now, Morocco are just riding that wave, and it's a it's another situation where they're heavy underdogs. They're playing a favorite in the tournament. Everybody thinks they're going to get blown out, and the game could be a lot closer than you think. We saw in this England game with France, they didn't have full control in the game. Things were going against them, but they had a champion's mentality, and they, they earned the result there through through sheer will and, and scoring their very few opportunities there. So it might be more of the same. We could get Argentina-France, or we could get an underdog in here, which Croatia and Morocco have never won it before, and that could make history. Or we could see a rematch from 2018, which I think a lot of people want to see. Yeah. So. Oh, quickly, before we move on, uh, have we seen them? I know I have seen it, unfortunately. Uh, have we seen the video of Gonzalo Ramos? No, what happened? Uh video of him jerking his cock oh, leaked no. on Twitter. I, I mean, you don't need to go watch it, but I I did because I'm a true journalist. Uh, not uh, yeah. Didn't in the work. locker room? Nah, in bed. Just didn't well, need that yesterday dur- during and the tournament. I, I couldn't tell you. I, there's no timestamps. I couldn't tell you. It's the source. I, it's him, man. <laughs> I, I'm telling you as a secondary source it is indeed Gonzalo Ramos yeah how did this leak out I saw it on Twitter yesterday morning and then I saw it from four other people that I, in in one of my chats they were like yeah you guys see this yeah, everybody saw it man besides you apparently you haven't seen it yet no I don't I don't dive too deep into the Twitterverse or anything I just that's just... a good thing you you don't have to see him that's because I was I was sent a video previously um, from somebody that I'm upset with that sent this to me, but it was a video of a few years ago Willie William Saliba right and the French team right. not the Nash not the met not the uh, men's team but like one of the U21 teams yep. the players in the locker room 
and the one teammate is on his phone, and then the the guy in the middle next to Saliba, fully naked, just jerking his cock. Right. And then Saliba's recording everybody. Right. Um, That's those my center back. Those, those, I mean, it wasn't him jerking off, but he found the need to I record would, it. I would argue recording it is worse. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's not something you want somebody to find looking through your phone. Just doesn't need to happen. Just, just doesn't need to happen. But yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why if I ever, if there was ever a, a a scenario where I ended up playing in Europe for some reason or being in that environment. Yeah. Um, I would always keep my distance from those people because those Europeans are fucking weird. I mean, yeah. we saw uh, Man United, those European guys one time, I think, uh, what's his name, Garnacho scored. And then, yeah. like, Bruno Fernandez is fully just kicking his asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the way they, and the way, like, after uh, good plays made, they just fully slap people's faces. Yeah. That's like, crazy, could, man. Uh, that's just that's weird. That's just, it's different. I mean, you have the NFL stuff where people are smashing their heads into each other and that. Yeah. Um, uh, but they're not fucking cupping each other's ball sacks and shit. Yeah, I mean, good good thing for Gonzalo Ramos. He's gonna have plenty of time to jerk his dick on the internet now that he's gone home. Um, <laughs> and I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think I think that is it. Yeah, we have the semifinal set up <laughs> yeah. uh, for the next two days, and the final will be um, this upcoming Sunday on the 18th at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So an early early morning there leads us right into the the NFL games, which is nice for that. Um, and should be exciting. There's gonna be a lot of storylines right now. We have Mbappe with five and then the closest to them um in goals are Messi and Drew with four each. And then the only guys left for the assists, we have Griezmann leading with three. The closest to them is Mbappe and Messi with two. Dembele's also on two. Um and yeah, I think also the Golden Glove's gonna be between three out of the last four teams. Either Martinez, uh Levakovic or uh Bono. I don't think Lloris is gonna have a chance for it unless no. he has a, a great moment in the last two games, but you never know. We've seen crazier things happen. Um, hopefully Argentina win today keeps my messy bet alive for the golden ball, which would be nice. Um, yep. And yeah, I'm still upset. I picked fucking um, Nunes for my golden boot pick. That was absolutely horrid. Um, yeah. He didn't score. I think you took Nabry, I think. And then uh, Zach took Ronaldo. So. Nabry scored at least. Nunez yeah. didn't even score, right? Yeah, at least uh yeah, at least he scored a goal. Um absolutely terrible there. So yeah, that concludes this episode. Um make sure you guys check us out on socials as post twenty pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um check out all the past episodes we've done, not only on the World Cup series. We have the Premier League returning soon. Um slowly getting closer. Hopefully nobody gets hurt. We were saying in the pre show that Armando Brogia for Chelsea tore his ACL and friendly the other day, so Chelsea will be back in the market for another striker. Um, maybe we'll get Gonzalo Ramos. Um, yeah, yeah uh, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, that, that follow us on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcast. We have the NFL shows continuing or approaching the playoff season. We're entering playoff season for fantasy football. I managed to squeak into the playoffs there, finish third, um, coming on the last day. Nice to see there. Um, and yeah, having anything else out to close? No, that's it. That's it. Not not anything else going on. The NFL show should be up 
either I don't know if we're recording today or tomorrow, but uh, we'll figure it out. All right. Well, stay tuned. Yep. See you guys.